Welcome to the Patient Partner Innovation Community Podcast, a podcast created to inform patients, families, and caregivers about important health transformation topics. Since the 2001 Crossing the Quality Chasm Report by the Institute of Medicine, our nation's healthcare system has recognized its need to improve quality of care by way of six important aims that make healthcare safe, efficient, effective, patient-centered, timely, and equitable. But we cannot hope to cross this chasm and achieve these aims until we make fundamental changes to the whole healthcare system. All levels of this work require dramatic improvements from the patient's experience. So this podcast is dedicated to you, the voices most underutilized resource in healthcare, our patients' voices. Welcome, and we hope you enjoy the Patient Partner Innovation Community Podcast. Hi, I'm Dr. Natasha Washington, president and founder of ATW Health Solutions and sponsor for the Patient Partner Innovation Community. Follow the PPIC community online at atwhealth.com. Well, hello, everybody, and welcome to tonight's podcast for Patient Partner Innovation Community. We are really happy to have you here with us, and we have an exciting episode for you to tune into. So tonight, we're going to be talking about the maternal health crisis and the disparities that we're seeing all over the communities across the nation. And I am super excited to have Ms. Yvonne Harris with us. Hello and welcome. Hi, Desiree. Thanks for having me on. Awesome. Awesome. So, you know, we've had a wonderful conversation prior to prepping for our podcast, and I feel like I've gotten to know you pretty well, but our listeners don't know you. So how about you introduce yourself and tell our listeners a little bit about yourself? I'm a DNI and HR professional, and I'm also very active in the community such on such topics as gender balance and equity in women's health care. And tying to that last point, I am serving as the chair of the awareness committee for an organization called Improving Maternal Health. And I'm also a boy mom to an 11-year-old son. Oh, well, you know, I'm a, I'm a boy mom too. I have a, a 12-year-old little girl, but I've got two boys. 21 yes. and 8. So, you know, boy moms, we rule too. <laughs> <laughs> we do. We do. That's great. Yeah. So, you know, I know we've seen things and I know our listeners have seen things in mainstream media. You know, we've talked about different things actually in our um, PPIC group. But why don't you tell our listeners, some of them may not be aware of exactly what's going on in our maternal health crisis and mortality. So why don't you kind of give us a little background of what you've seen and what your organization kind of tasked to do? Well, it's interesting that you say that some may not be aware um, because, Desiree, um, I'm shocked by um, the number of people that I encounter and that I get an opportunity to speak to on this topic. And there are so many people who are not aware that this is happening and that this being that there are hundreds of women across the U.S. who are dying annually during or after childbirth from conditions that are largely 
preventable, and that's the key. They're largely preventable. So the maternal health crisis relates to the alarmingly high incidence of maternal mortality and morbidity in women. Mm-hmm. And, um, and just to make the distinction, um, mortality um, is death that's happening during or after childbirth up to 60 days postpartum in most tracking and data analytics measures. And morbidity uh, refers to severe illnesses that are happening during pregnancy or postpartum that may or may not lead to death. Harris County has one of the highest rates of maternal morbidity among metropolitan areas in the U.S. Between 2008 and 2015, Harris County's incidence of maternal morbidity increased 53% compared to a 15% increase for Texas overall. Oh, well, thank you for kind of explaining that. You know, I, I have my own personal um, maternal health story, which I can share a, a little bit later in our podcast. But thank you for kind of setting the stage and letting us know. You know, the the one thing, and when you talk about equity, especially, you know, we see gross disparities in women um, and black and brown women in our communities. And mm-hmm. I think, you know, as the more we kind of advocate, the more that we can get the word out to not only educate our peers, our community members, our neighbors, you know, other providers that may, you know, not even realize that there are huge disparities. Black and brown women are are dying at alarming rates. And so, you know, it's things like this to build awareness, I think, that'll help kind of drive some change. So thank you for um, telling us a little bit about that. So, you know, I really kind of want to dive a little bit deeper into, you know, what are some strategies? So, hey, if I'm a pregnant woman and I'm going to my physician's appointment, right, what are some strategies, tools, or tricks or something for me to make sure that I'm aware that I'm receiving adequate care and that I'm being heard? And maybe I need to find a new physician, you know. So what what are your um, insights on that? It's a lot of what you just mentioned. So what I really encourage people um, to do, not only pregnant women, but their support systems, we don't really have to overthink everything in this, right? It's some of the basics. And you just mentioned, you know, find your voice, um, advocate for yourself. Um, To any woman listening today, um, if you are pregnant and, you know, going through the process of your doctor's appointments, if you've never advocated for yourself, now is the time to do that. And how does that happen? You go to all of your appointments and you go to your appointments prepared, uh, prepared with questions, and you ask around the questions, and you ask questions based on the answers you receive, and that's really your time to engage with your healthcare professional. And um, I'm going to do a little play on words here, but if you feel something, say something. Oftentimes we hear, you know, if you see something, say something. Yes. In this moment, in this season in your life, if you feel something, say something. Um, pregnancy, um, having been through it, is not always the most comfortable, but it should not be painful. Absolutely. So you know your body better mm-hmm. than anyone else. And if something feels off, if something doesn't feel right, you make sure that you cover that in your next doctor 
doctor's appointment, or even better, you call the nursing team at your doctor's mm-hmm. office, your healthcare provider, and you start asking questions. Mm-hmm. But, um, you know, I just want to make sure that um, the women who are listening and their families mm-hmm. um, understand that these doctor's appointments are there for a reason, and it's for you to get the, the support and the care um, that you need. And if you don't know how to, um, you know, um, articulate your concerns or, you know, maybe you're struggling a little bit to find your voice and to advocate for yourself. Take someone with you. Take an accountability partner with you or um, someone who you trust who can be your cheerleader or actually, you know, maybe ask questions if you're kind of falling short or feeling a little bit uncomfortable. Um, mm-hmm. But you really want to make sure that you're leaving these doctor's appointments with the answers that you need that will get you through to that next doctor appointment. Yeah. And, you know, that's, I think, really important. I, my, I have a, my 12 year old daughter has some really complex medical needs and mm-hmm. I was seeing a regular um, OBGYN in my community. But I would say I I kept feeling like something wasn't right and I was trying to be persistent. So I thought, however, um, that particular physician, he really downplayed my concerns. And at some point, I started to feel like I was going crazy. And then I had to kind of take a step back and say, you know what, Desiree, you know that something's not right. Something's going on here. And I had to really kind of almost get almost nasty with him in order for him to kind of refer me to a high-risk doctor and long story short and you know here I am eight months pregnant and find out that my daughter is has a severe severe genetic um disorder and syndrome and, and some issues with her rib and chest cavity so and my mm-hmm. health was failing and I wasn't even aware I knew I felt like something wasn't right um and there is a big huge age gap between my kids and he, I was told, oh, you're like a new mom starting all over. You're just really nervous. And so, you know, it, it's just, it's so important. And when I, I encounter other women and I talk to patients in the field that have gone their whole entire pregnancy and didn't speak up. And then unfortunately, you know, some of it results in, you know, infant deaths and, and you know, very adverse events. And I'm like, you know, really share your story, speak up, and urge your peers to speak up. So that is is really important. And the other thing, you know, we know that we are in this COVID-19 crisis, right? And where mm-hmm. the, the visiting restrictions, you know, varies between hospital systems across the country. And some people bring people with them and others they cannot. And so for those women that are currently in our COVID crisis and going to maternal health appointments, is there some things that your organization that you're working with has come up with or some some just some first initial talks about what can we do during these pandemic crises? So I am a a volunteer for Improving Maternal Health Houston. Um, The website is um, imhhouston.org. And um, in terms of, you know, now during COVID-19, what can you do? Desiree, not coming from the organization, but just maybe a tip from me, um, Mm -hmm. FaceTime um, your support person. You know, there's nothing to say unless your healthcare provider restricts it, but have your support system on the phone. 
yes. or have them participating via FaceTime. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, don't don't lose sight of what you need during this time. Mm-hmm. And um, I want to connect to something that you also said about, you know, the referral that you had to get to another provider. Um, I do want to encourage um, people that if you just don't have a connection to your healthcare provider, if you don't feel like he or she is listening, then find another one. Desiree, I want to connect with um, something that you said previously, you're the patient or you're supporting um, a mom who is or a woman who's going through um, her doctor's appointments, you may not feel like you're getting the support that you need with your healthcare provider. And Mm -hmm. if you have the option to um, make a switch, pursue that opportunity. Um, Mm -hmm. I realize that it may not always be possible, but Mm -hmm. if if it is that possibility, then um, you should consider that because this is a time where you do need to feel that connection with your healthcare provider. Yeah, absolutely. And I think, you know, for us, I was, you know, I guess fortunate that I was able to really connect with another provider and she pretty much took over my care and really became instrumental not only in my daughter's um the pregnancy with my daughter but also with my my third child with my son you know we it's the trust that was developed there with her and she listened to me which was very different from my previous provider she listened to my concerns she didn't downplay and make me feel like i was this you know cuckoo mom and, you know, really became an advocate right along with me. So I really, really appreciated her advocacy and support at a time when it was pretty scary for me and my family. And, you know, the fact that you touched on, which I really think was an, a really good point, the utilization of technology. So FaceTime. Um, when I was going through my pregnancy, my husband was working offshore. So I was alone. And it Mm -hmm. would have been really nice. And this was not during a COVID crisis. This was this was in 07. And so it would have been really nice to utilize to have him on FaceTime, you know, to be involved in the pregnancy. And he may have picked up on something that I may have missed or he could have probably been a little bit stronger advocate in the space with my previous provider. So I think, you know, leveraging technology as much as we can and people think something as simple as FaceTime. I mean, we're hearing people using FaceTime all across healthcare boards now. So why not advocate to use it here? You know, so I think that was a really great point. So you you talked about the organization that you're you're volunteering with here in the Houston area. So tell us a little bit about that organization and what are some uh, community resources that if there's moms out there that need those resources, where can they go and what do you know that's available for them? So I'm affiliated with Improving Maternal Health Houston, um, which was an outcome of the Improving Maternal Health Initiative, um, which was created to address um, the complex drivers of maternal mortality here in Harris County, which is um, a part of the Houston metropolitan area. And um, the initiative also looks at adverse outcomes and um, is helping to put in place a long-term strategy to address the issue of maternal mortality in our region. 
um, the initiative is funded by the Houston Endowment, the Episcopal Health Foundation, the Cullen Trust for Healthcare, and other organizations. And we are also um, affiliated with 100 area maternal medical leaders and community leaders who are also committed to increasing maternal survival and improving pre and postpartum wellness. Okay, so um, yeah. it's an organization that's been very, very active. And um, I mentioned the website, I'll say it again, but um, it's imhhouston.org. Um, so you can definitely learn more about um, improving maternal health Houston on the website. There's mm -hmm. also Desiree um, Healthy Women Houston. Mm -hmm. which is a collaboration of community partners, which includes Avenue 360 Health and Wellness, Community Health Choice, the Council for Recovery, Harris County Domestic Violence Coordination Council, Hope Clinic, Interfaith mm -hmm. Ministries of Greater Houston, and Memorial Herman. Wow. And um, it's, a, it's a collaboration that was established to provide health care and social support for women during mm -hmm. this time period. And um, for those of you that are familiar with the Houston area, Healthy Women Houston serves Third Ward, Sunnyside, and Southwest Houston. Yeah. And their website is healthywomenhouston.org. That is amazing. And, you know, and for those listeners that aren't in the Houston area, Third Ward, Fifth Ward, Sunnyside is our urban, you know, inner city area. You know, I would say mainly populated um, African-American, Black community, um, Hispanic community. So a lot of people of color live in those communities. So in with the multi you know, collaboration of community partners, I think speaks volumes. You're talking, and I'm just, just off the top of the head, listening to what you said. And I was like, you're, you're involved in domestic violence. You're involving, you know, mental Absolutely. health. You know, it is, it sounds like that as a collaborative, you guys are taking a whole person kind of methodology approach to this because all of those moving pieces kind of aid to the factors, right, of maternal health disparities. So that is, Amazing. I will definitely be checking out those websites and resources and spread it as much as I possibly can. And Desiree, I know I'm talking through the lens of, you know, resources available here in Houston, but I know other metropolitan areas probably have very similar models. Mm -hmm. And, um, you know, to your point about the areas that we serve, many, um, you know, areas that are focused on this issue have what we call heat maps, right? And that's mm -hmm. where they're really trying to pinpoint um, where um, this issue of maternal mortality um, is impacting our communities and then making sure there are collaborations and resources in those areas to service those women and families. And then Desiree, another resource is the March of Dimes, um, which I know a lot of people are familiar with, um, and they have uh, been a longstanding leader in our country for advocating for the health of moms and babies. And they're active in a number of communities and are a viable resource for many of your listeners on this podcast. Absolutely. And, you know, it makes total sense. And when we talk about health equity and, you know, right now, health equity and disparities, I would say is kind of like buzzwords. You know, we know that this has been going on for a long time, but with mainstream media, it's like, this is the buzz. And it makes total sense 
to reach people where they are with people that look like them and talk like them that they can relate to. So when you really engage those community-based organizations and those community partnerships, there's a level of trust that's there, right? The kind of bridge between all vessels. So, you know, that is, I think that model is spread and I'm sure there's many, many models like that across the country. And so kudos to everyone that is really boots on the ground doing this work. And so, so I have another question for you. Mm-hmm. So we have listeners, you know, from all over the country in all different kind of walks of life. And for those listeners, whether they're community partners, providers, patients, you know, what kind of um, insight or advice would you give them if they wanted to become more involved in their maternal health advocacy? And quite honestly, they really don't know where to start, what to do. What would be some advice for them to kind of get started? Well, listening to this podcast is a great first step. And mm-hmm. sharing this podcast with others um, would be an extension of um, this effort. So just focused on increasing awareness. This needs to become a topic that goes beyond one news story that someone heard, right? And they think it's mm-hmm. kind of, you know, something that happened as a one-off. Yeah. And we need to ed- educate people and let people know that this is a healthcare crisis in many communities. To the point you made earlier, Desiree, it has been going on for a period of time and we need more attention on it so that number one, people are being educated and number Mm -hmm. two, through that education, um, hopefully, you know, um, solutions are coming forth. So when you talk about, let's say just in the population of providers, for example, many Mm -hmm. healthcare providers are aware of this issue, but they're also increasingly taking steps to educate themselves and their staff on resources that they can refer their patients to. Absolutely. Um, And they're also exploring um, the impact of implicit bias Mm -hmm. on um, their practices and what that could potentially mean in terms of how they are relating to their patients. So many healthcare providers are really taking um, an active role and becoming a better support system for their patients um, who may be at risk for maternal mortality or morbidity issues. Mm-hmm. And um, for Maternal Health Houston, we promote advocacy not only with women patients, but also with their support structures. Mm-hmm. So um, we want to educate um, husbands, partners, mm-hmm. um everyone in your quote unquote tribe, right? That's taking yep. this journey with you. Yep. So that even if you're, um, you know, trying to act like super mom with your cape on and you're saying, oh, I feel fine. Mm-hmm. Who's in your support system that can look at you and say, I don't think you're fine. Yes. Or you've been, you know, complaining about this issue for a while. Maybe we need to schedule another doctor's appointment and get this checked out. So, yes. you know, really just saying the proverb, it takes a village, right? Yes, absolutely. So advocating for um, the village being a part of this process. Because Desiree, you mentioned earlier, too, that when you were pregnant um, with one mm-hmm. of your children, your husband was offshore. Yeah. So, um, 
you know, a lot of women, that's a reality for them, or even Mm -hmm. if that's not a reality for them, when they have their doctor's appointments, Mm -hmm. they don't want to impose on their families to go with them to the doctor's appointment. So we talk about like, find your voice, but Mm -hmm. then we're like, okay, you know, I'll go this alone because I don't want um, my mom or my aunt or my husband or my partner to miss work again. Yeah. Yeah. What you'll find is that everyone wants to help you during this time. Everyone knows how important this is. So Mm -hmm. just ask, you know, ask for help. Um, Even if it turns out that maybe there was something you thought was wrong, isn't wrong. I think that's a win. I'd rather you ask and for it not to be an issue than for a pregnant woman to be quiet and miss a real serious health issue that could lead to something um, that puts her in the category of maternal morbidity or maternal mortality. Yes, yes, that is, you know, that is is very well said. So, you know, this has been, I would say, an amazing conversation, and I so appreciate you being a part of this and spreading awareness and really just jumping in and doing your part. So thank you so much for joining us tonight on our Patient Partner Innovation Community Podcast. Thank you for having me, Desiree, and hopefully um, we'll get a chance to stay connected and have future conversations. So I appreciate you and your efforts as well. Absolutely. Absolutely. Well, we couldn't leave without thanking our wonderful sponsors and partners in this work, Dr. Natasha Washington and ATW Health Solutions. And as you guys have been waiting for the word of the day, the word of the day at the end of this podcast is maternal health. So thank you so much for tuning in tonight. And as always, guys, be engaged. Follow the PPIC community online at atwhealth.com.